Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations, where we explore the hidden disability sunflower and its role in supporting people with hidden disabilities. I'm Chantal, and joining me on the Sunflower Conversations today is Justin Wesselick, who has ADHD, Developmental Coordination Disorder, and Sensory Processing Issues. Justin joins us from the US, and um, we are going to discuss how he uses his experiences to advocate for people with disabilities. So, hello, Justin. Hi, Chantal. Pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, it's great. Um Thank you so much for making time for us. Um, so let's start off by finding a little bit about you. So can you tell me a bit about yourself and where you're studying? Sure. So my name is Justin. I am a, I guess now graduate as of last Saturday of the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater in Wisconsin and the United States here. Um, I just got my master's degree in higher education leadership. Before that, I got a bachelor's degree in political science. Um, while I've been here, I've also been on our Whitewater Student Government in various roles for the last five years as the Speaker of our Student Government Senate for the last two of them, three terms. Um, really, that role enabled me to do all kinds of just great things for students with disabilities. I've been on the UW System President's Advisory Committee for Disability Issues for a couple of years. I've advocated for students with disabilities in various ways on campus. Um, so this has really been a passion point of mine since really arriving here at UW-Whitewater a school that is also a special, has a special mission for students with disabilities. That's amazing. Sounds like you're in the right place. So let's talk a little bit about um, your health conditions. So we start off with ADHD. What does ADHD feel like for you? I know that it can vary. All, all disabilities, health conditions can vary from person to person. So interested to find out what ADHD feels like for you. Sure. So what it's really like for me is I have the combined type. So I have the both the kind of inattention piece of it and the hyperactivity piece. Um, it, not so much of kind of the impulsive part that some other people get, but um, really it's kind of just hard for me to focus on a day-to-day -day basis. I That's kind of the main symptom of it, just from things of like school, work, um, but also things I enjoy. Uh, before I started taking medication, I remember I was telling somebody, like, it's so hard to watch TV shows that I enjoy. And people are like, what do you mean? That should be fun. And I'm like, well, it's fun. I enjoy it. But like, with the exception of video games, focusing on any one thing for a really long time has always been pretty difficult unless I get really far down the rabbit hole of, you know, whatever it is of the day. Um, the hyperactivity piece, I was never like the kid that ran around and bounced off the walls. It was more so for me, um, just kind of fidgety, restless all the time, always wanting to do something. So it, that that half of it isn't quite as prevalent, but it's it's still pretty prevalent. Very fidgety. Always like to be playing with something, doing something. Um, medications help a lot with that. But yeah, I think when we met before, did you have a lot of pens? Did you say pens or something? Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's my that has always been my big thing, especially before I started taking some for it. Um, I would just take pens apart and put them back together, like forty times in a meeting. Just would break them apart, put them back together, break them apart, put them back together. It was just something repetitive to do. Are you able to listen and take in what's being said whilst you're doing those repetitive 
effective. Yeah, I, I think it actually helps, um, strangely. And I don't know that that makes a lot of sense, but it does. It's like, otherwise I would be just kind of spaced out doing something. But if I'm, I don't know, playing with something, flipping something over, it's, it's I don't want to say it's completely involuntary because it's not, it's like, I don't know I'm doing it, but it's just kind of something I do. And that helps somewhat. Yeah. It helps you to actually focus on what else, what else, the other thing. Yeah. Happening. And you mentioned that you take medication. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, the difference when you take medication, you notice is what. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's all just goes away completely, but it's certainly helpful. Um, I can definitely pay attention a lot better. I don't take my pens apart of my desk. It really helps with the fidgety piece of it. Um, and just like I can focus on things I do enjoy and things that I don't too, which is, you know, helpful because we all have to do things, you know, at work, school, whatever that we don't all love doing all the time. So that's been really, really helpful for me. I started taking that when I got up here at college um, for the yeah. first time. And that's been really helpful. I, I wish I had a time machine and could go back. So you feel like it would have really been a benefit when you were younger? Yeah, 100%. And is that just to do with kind of like the educational setting or social settings or everything? Really everything. Um, I, I mean, I don't technically, I, I have like a short acting version of a medication, so I don't have to take it all the time every day, but I choose to. Um, I can take up three doses a day for 12 hours and it's really just helpful. It's helpful to be able to enjoy the world around me just a little bit more and differently. What is developmental coordination disorder? What does it mean? Sure. So if I'm not mistaken, this is something you all, generally speaking, call dyspraxia, I think, in the UK. Um, We don't much use that term in the US. We use the DSM-5 version, which is called developmental coordination disorder. Um, So what is that? It's really a gross and fine motor impairment. Um, So, for example, the most noticeable effect by far is my handwriting is abysmal. Like you do not want me to write on a whiteboard or write anything. Um, I have a really hard time with handwriting. Other little like daily activities, like opening ketchup packets, cutting with scissors, that that can be a real challenge sometimes. Um, but those are kind of the fine things. And then gross motor, I have really bad balance and kind of just like general spatial awareness. It's not a real strong suit of mine. It doesn't affect like driving or things like that. And I can still do some things like I can ice skate roller skate pretty well and play hockey but like riding a bike for example is something I could just never learn how to do to this day even so um really it's just a, it's an overall motor coordination problem I um spoke to somebody recently who has dyspraxia as you say that's what we call it in the UK and sh- she was saying that um even trying to go into a changing a toilet so a restroom with her backpack on causes her a lot of stress because the confined space with the backpack on she's bashing into everything because she really struggles with that spatial awareness and you know she can end up actually hurting herself yeah I mean I I definitely have been known to have a bump or a booze or a scrape or trip and fall on a sidewalk once or twice I don't know that I've had that specific issue but just certainly um really you know tight navigating spaces is not something I have a very great grasp on um I don't it's not so severe for me to the point where I can't do a lot of those things but a lot of things just require cognizant effort focused effort that i don't think other people have to do you know i I don't think people focus very much on you know standing upright straight and that's something that requires a kind of little bit of thought or um, focus on writing or you know opening a ketchup packet and that's something that takes thought for me 
So um, the final um, health condition that I mentioned at your introduction was that you um, have sensory processing. So can you explain a bit more about how that affects you? Sure. So I don't have a super severe sensory processing disorder, but I certainly have, I have one. Um, so this affects me in kind of different and strange ways that don't really seem connected, but they certainly are. Um, so I'll just give a few random examples. So like denim, the feeling of denim is one of the biggest ones, like blue jean material. Justin does not wear blue jeans, suffice to say. Um, it's something that I, I would be completely distracted all day. So it's kind of a textile thing. Um, ankle socks too like shortcut socks for whatever reason that position like on bone the bone of your ankle just it, it freaks me out I don't know how people do that it, it, no no keep ankle socks away from me so those are a couple things in that space um light photosensitivity this is a strange one for me um bright lights like at a concert or wherever where you'd expect bright light it doesn't really bother me but like Anytime light comes into like the corner of my eye, that's like a bright light. It really bugs me for some reason. Like I always have to turn off, like if I'm watching TV in front of me here, um, lights that are kind of off to the side, either, either which way really bother me if they're not at the right angle. I don't know that I could even tell you what the right angle is, yeah, but yeah. whatever the right angle is. Um, so photosensitive in that regard, um, sunlight, I wear sunglasses every day outside it doesn't really matter if it's as cloudy as can be and you can see sunlight or not if, if you can make some sort of a shadow from sunlight i wear a pair of sunglasses um it really just bugs me it doesn't give me like a migraine or i don't get like sensory overload from those kind of things in the traditional sense perhaps but um it, it's just a constant annoyance it's like somebody's i don't know poking you constantly is probably yes. the best way i could describe it with sunlight um other things, super high pitch noises. I will. It, that's a plug your ears and don't listen. It, they really bother me. I have really good hearing, which is a good thing for that. But I can hear high pitch noises, and then they really bug me. Um, generally, too loud of environments. If I'm trying to focus on something, that probably plays a little bit into the ADHD part of it too. But um, those are a bother. I do have. I have like a case from here, like loop earplugs. Um, were they good? Different so people. Lots of people advocate. I, I love them. Um, so the, I didn't actually know about these until last year. I used to wear earplugs a lot when I had to take like tests and stuff in elementary school. And I kind of grew out of that. Um, but then someone was like, hey, you know, there's like high tech earplugs so you can still hear things that aren't like your traditional foam earplugs. Um, and, and they've been super helpful. So I have two different pairs of them with an adjustable setting. And they're really good for just kind of taking down extra noise a little bit. I don't wear them on a daily basis, but they're really they're helpful in certain circumstances or if I'm just kind of generally overwhelmed that day, they're really um, nice to have around. So they, they sit on, on my dresser and I can grab either pair of them depending on which I need. Yeah. Um, so those are really helpful. Um, I'm trying to think of other things with sensory processing in general, just um, I do like a weighted blanket. That's something that really calms me kind of hyposensitive flip to the other side of the coin for a second in that regard. Um, it's just a really good feeling. I always like, tight stuff like hugs whatever and then you know so that was when somebody suggested trying that i was like oh that's really helpful and it kind of calms me down um other things i don't like really tight dry fit clothing i can wear like a polo like this is a polyester material but if it's too tight that really bothers me um, yeah but those are kind of my main suite of symptoms i don't have any 
food sensitivities to speak of. I mean, there's certain foods that kind of some people have me smells, out. don't they? Um, yeah, that's that doesn't much bother me. I mean, really strong perfumes and stuff I don't love, but they don't bug me like the other. It's really light textures, um, sound. And I forgot to mention one too. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of confined confined spaces. It, again, it's not something I can't do, but it's just not very comfortable. I like to have a little bit of space to kind of be able to move around in. Um, and being really confined is just not super fun. Like I don't love um, being on like the middle seat of an airplane is something that I try not to do. I always try to have a window seat or an aisle seat if possible. Yeah. The feeling of being trapped. Yeah. And if I know I'm going into it and it's the same thing with a lot of these, if I know I'm going into an environment where these are going to occur, like a concert, I can do loud noises or any of those things or, you know, there's high pitch noise. But if it's just kind of like, unexpected in my day-to-day environment i don't have time to think about it and prepare for it mentally then it really bothers me um have accommodations been made to support you whilst you're studying and if so can you tell me about them yeah so i I think to answer that question i'll tell you a little more about uw whitewater so this is the school since the 1970s i believe that is the wisconsin school for students with disabilities um now there's um, it's not exclusively a school for students with disabilities i should say but it is one that has a special mission to serve them. So about almost 15% of our students have some sort of disability, rather that be visible or invisible. So um, this school is and always has been on the cutting edge of kind of accommodations. And even one step further, what we call universal design, where, you know, your environment, whether it be virtual, um, digital, physical, spatially, really kind of is meant to include everybody as much as possible. Um, so, you know, some of the ones I've had, I have a lot of different um, kind of exam type accommodations from extra time to being able to type or have a scribe to a private room. Um, I'm able to take breaks from classes or whenever I needed to. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. I always have, I forgot to mention one thing in the light sensor suite, blue light, like cool color temperature lights. It's a little more bluish than yellowish is really another bother to me. So I've always had all my office lights changed out to be a more yellow, warmer temperature. Um, so that's something that they've always been really good about. But really, um, it's kind of been asked what you need here. I was going to say at these accommodations, because there's quite a lot there that you've that you've mentioned that all seem very easy to, to do and to support you with. Are these things that you've said, look, this is going to help me? Or do they come up with the list and say you can tick these things? How, how or has it been a just through dialogue? How, how have you achieved those accommodations? Both. Um, I, I think I had... I had to make the initial ask and, you know, turn documentation or whatever, whatever. And then from there, um, it was a very natural free flowing dialogue. I came up with some of the ideas. They came up with some of the ideas um, and they've evolved over time as, you know, just you thought hmm, this would be helpful or, you know, ironically, sometimes you don't know what is going to be helpful until somebody's suggestion. And then they're like, huh, so that's helped you before. Why don't maybe I try that? And then you're like, oh, wow, that's really helpful. I mean, that's what happened with the loop earplugs, for example. It's a great though, because it sounds like it's a space to really um that really values inclusiveness and therefore you are able to then be more open about your needs and so is everybody else. That that's what they often say is that sometimes making um these accommodations will will help other people, um, sometimes whether they have a disability or not, you know, it can be to the benefit of of more than one person. So having this great space where you can share 
your access needs is really important. So what's a typical day like for you then? Do you to get up and take your medication first of all? Like how is it how's a day for you? Make sure you don't put your blue jeans on. Then yeah, just... bo- both of those things. I don't even own a pair of blue jeans, so we yeah. don't have to worry about that problem. But <laughs> um no, I you know, I usually get up, take medication, and then just go about whatever my day is going to be. I tend to keep a packed calendar all the time. So, you are listening to the Sunflower Conversations. Remember to hit subscribe. So, with, with um with your medication, does that help you at all with the sensory processing and the developmental coordination disorder, or is it literally only affect the ADHD? I would say it literally only affects the first one. Um, it's not, I, I have not heard that I've, you know, read in literature before I've read a lot of disability kind of literature from experts and they say that helps some people. It has not helped me with those much. Um, I mean, I, I think there's probably some, you know, correlation there of, you know, if you're paying more attention, you're slightly less likely to trip over something, but yeah, yeah. I can tell you, I still can't, you know, stand on one foot and walk on a tightrope very well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then what do you think of the hidden disability sunflower and how do you see it supporting people? I, I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, we, we have done a really good job here at UW Whitewater of talking about, you know, disabilities are not always visible. They're not something you can see. In fact, the majority of them are probably ones you wouldn't notice um, majority by type and by you know, people with them, um, I, I think is a fair statement to say. And the sunflower is a great extension of that. I kind of learned about it from just Googling around one day after a uh, PACD, the Advisory Committee for Disability Issues for the System meeting. Um, and that was something that was really neat to find. I understand it's a whole lot bigger in the UK than it is in the US. Now, um, recently, the airport I usually fly out of to go on vacation a lot, which is the Rockford Airport, just joined the disability sunflower program i just saw the signs for the first time when i was there uh, in i don't know january february whenever that was yeah Um, so that was really kind of neat to see i did get a pin from there it's somewhere buried in my desk drawer right now i'm sure that i will claw up somewhere but that's really um it was kind of my first experience in person with it um but i think the program's great i i think there's you know, people who have different needs and different reasons and to just get that little bit of understanding without having to, I don't know, ask for it without having to somehow make something invisible, visible with a magic wand. I'm not really sure how one does that, but that's really been neat. Um, One thing I think I would really like to see is I I just was on the website two days ago, just getting kind of ready for this. And I noticed, um, there's a huge list of hidden disabilities. And that was the first time I've seen that since I visited the website. And that was really cool. I think the icon selection, I would like to see, you know, if I had a magic wand expanded ever so slightly, I know something for confined sit bases and textiles and. I think there is a um, sensory processing one. There's, there's ones for a couple different sensory issues, but there's not one just for like a more generalized thing or for confined spaces and stuff. Like I know, for example, um, I don't, love waiting in super long lines that are super tight spaces with a lot going on in them yeah and there's kind of one that says i have trouble standing for a long time and that's not how i would describe myself it's not a problem standing if i was sitting yeah. in a computer chair it wouldn't make any difference it's that yeah. so 
I, you know, I think the expansion of the list has been phenomenal. I would love to see an expansion of, you know, even more icons for people. Yeah. Um, but I love the sunflower concept scheme, whatever you want to call it. And I think it's really a great tool that I would love to see expanded. My Again, my understanding is in the UK, it's a very recognized symbol. I know that the Special Olympics in Germany this year are going to recognize that for the first time. And I know that um, as a result of that, we're hosting Special Olympics Wisconsin here at Whitewater next month, actually. And I know there's already been some conversation with administrators about you might see this icon. I don't know that it's been super robust dialogue yet, but it's at least been tossed around a couple of times. I got a briefing memo in my email about the Sunflower two weeks ago, I think it was. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat because I've already read about that. So that was good to see. Yes. Um, yeah, it'd be great if it was, um, you know, in places of education, it's really um, important to be able to be recognized. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great if we could see Whitewater um, becoming members of the Sunflower and supporting yep. their staff as well as students because disability affects everybody, doesn't it? For me, airports is a great first step in the U.S. I think educational institutes, both K-12 and universities, would really be another huge stepping stone. That would be, you know, if I had a magic wand, my next big push, because then people who are of a younger generation are get used to seeing that and their parents get used to seeing it. Yeah. And I think it naturally flows into the world. Then, you know, stores, yeah. first responders, you name it, start to see more of that. And I know one of our arenas here, Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, that's this brand new, beautiful arena, has um, sensory bags that you can pick up. And they have two sensory rooms now for people who want to use them. And I think that, you know, beginning to see that kind of stuff in business spaces is going to really kind of play hand in hand with as the sunflower continues to grow. And I think there's a natural tie in there that's going to be really, really great for a whole bunch of different reasons. Absolutely, definitely, yeah. Um, you know, the sunflower lanyard would be a wonderful inclusion to have in sensory backpack, you know, for people when they visit entertainment places, leisure. Um, and you're right about the airports. It's a good way for it to start. It started in the airport here, in Gatwick Airport. And it's a great way because obviously you get on an aeroplane at one point, you know, and at your destination. So it, it's good to have the that it's recognized in your um, arrival um, airport as well. And um, with regard to the icons, um, we always welcome feedback. So um, I'll pass that on to the team. So if you have any other ideas, do um, pop them over to us and we'll see uh, how we can work them or incorporate them. So absolutely. finally, what can society do to remove barriers for people and improve inclusivity, do you think, Justin? Great question. Um, I, I think this is a really complicated question to answer. Shocking by the fact it hasn't been solved, I know. Um, I, I think in America, I'll talk about specifically, we really have done a fairly good job since the Americans with Disabilities Act of being accommodating, whether that be through elevators and building codes with ramps to automatic door openers on doors to all kinds of different things in that regard, especially for physical accessibility. You know, there are grants for blindness and deafness a lot of the times and state tax credits. And I think there's even a federal tax credit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so those are all great. I, I think we're doing great in those spaces. I think expanding some of those programs um, beyond, you know, the 
rigid original definition of disability. I don't even know that it was the original definition ever, but just the way people thought of it back in the 1970s um, to the next level. You know, I, I mean, one thing I always talk about is I wish more rooms had a dimmer switch. I have in my room here, I have, you know, controllable light bulbs for my cell phone so I can dim mine down anytime I want or change the color to a million different colors, ridiculous stuff. But, um, you know, I think dimmer switches on lights, updating kind of building codes and ADA compliance to include stuff for sensory spaces, things like that, I think is really the next, the next natural evolution of things. I think we've done a really good job with, you know, restrooms and physical spaces, but I think it's time to get a lot more intentional with universal design in both web accessibility and in uh, sensory profiles of areas. I mean, we're never going to be perfect. And, you know, so many people have so many different needs that there's some onus that if you need something, just ask. But I think there are some things that, you know, if I walked into a certain building and said, hey, could we dim the lights a little bit? Um, they'd go, well, we can't do that. Well, now you've run into a problem. So, yeah. it, you know, and for me, that isn't that severe. But I know people who really struggle with that. Um, they wouldn't be able to access that space without it. So um, I'm fortunate enough that that wouldn't be a barrier in that regard for me. But I, I think the next step is to really move into the next kind of generation of thinking around disabilities and how we can continue to be inclusive to more invisible disabilities and how those work. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully the sunflower will be a part of that to companies and businesses and individuals opening up that conversation about what their access needs are um, and help stimulate that conversation moving forward. Absolutely. So, Justin, thank you so much for your time today. And um, I've thoroughly enjoyed having a chat with you. Thank you very much, Intel. I enjoyed the same. Take care. And I look forward to seeing the sunflower everywhere I go someday. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> if you have enjoyed this conversation, please hit subscribe to the Sunflower Conversations podcast. If you'd like to share your sunflower story or conversation, please email conversations at hiddendisabilitystore.com. Find out more about us or listen to this recording again by checking out our insights page at hiddendisabilitystore.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. Please help, have patience and show kindness to others and join us again soon. Making the invisible visible with the hidden disability sunflower.